0: Welcome to the Icons of Real Estate Podcast. I'm Tim Calloway. We have a very special guest from north of the border today. Uh, Our guest is Glenn Sutherland. And Glenn is a real estate investor, uh, as well as a real estate coach and podcast host from, and correct me if I'm wrong, Glenn, Ontario. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing it all from Ontario. Fantastic. So Glenn has uh, invested uh, with a buy and hold mentality. Uh, also, and he he also does a lot of research uh, and learned that investing south of the border, which, finally, is the United States with our lower cost of entry, might be the best bet for you. So, from Canada and from a Canadian investing in the USA, welcome Glenn Sutherland. How are you, Glenn? I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. So let's just start from the beginning. Um, you know, it's it's not often that you know we hear here in the states that hey you know, from another country, this is, this is a good place to invest. So how, how did you get started? Uh, one, investing two, how did you get started investing in the States versus uh, maybe just Canada? Yeah. Um, well, I guess it doesn't matter where you are,
1: even if you're in the United States, the odds are that your backyard is not the best place to invest in the entire United States, unless you're that. Cause really like, no matter where you are, there's going to be one neighborhood that's probably better one city that's probably better. Um. So um, I started like most people, I started with my own backyard. Um, I used to live in Cambridge, Ontario, and I was investing in Cambridge, Ontario and the next city North of me, which is Kitchener. Um, and I was doing uh, rental properties there and it was doing okay. And I had a tenant that moved, um, about two hours away and they were amazing tenants. They paid on time. They, uh, were painted the house on their own, the interior, they, and they did a really good job. Like they did, they were constantly improving the property. So I wanted to keep them as a tenant. And I, whenever they were moving, I went and bought a place over there for them to move into, because I want to keep them. Yeah. But it also made me realize that, um, And start to build systems, right? To be able to work this from a distance. When it was in my backyard, the the big crutch you have is yourself. And I started going to the property, cleaning stuff, fixing stuff. I was constantly doing, honestly, way too much of the work, right? Um, And as it got farther away, I had to learn how to hire people, start working with people, start building teams, and start building systems in order to run this whole thing. And this was back probably, uh, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. And in that time frame, um podcasting wasn't what podcasting is now. Um right. now there's so many podcasts. And back then, for real estate podcasts, there was like ten or fifteen at right. all that existed. And they were all American based. Um, I don't at least any of the ones I was listening to were not Canadian based. So, I started hearing this and listening to it. And I started talking to some of these people who were doing this in the U S and I realized that there was a bunch of stuff that there was a bunch of advantages to doing this in the United States over doing it in Canada. Right. Um, like the big one is landlord law. Our landlord law is not great in Ontario, right. Oh. Uh, to do evictions can take you six months to a year, similar to California law, right. It's, it's really right. tough. It's really in the tenant's favor. Um, so that's what I, I usually say is the easiest comparison is to compare it to California. Um, so anyway, I I took the dive into the United States, you know, and I I don't know what you, what you're looking for. I I can talk about like the um the laws, the whatever, but whatever what 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 would interest the people who are listening to your show the most? Yeah, I
0: mean for sure. I think I think uh, most folks that are listening it is kind of a, an inverse, you know, from from the American side of it. You know, yeah. is it wise to invest in Canada? And from the Canadian side of it, you know, what's the draw to the United States? I know you had mentioned a couple of times like. Uh, uh friendlier laws and i think you're alluding to it there when you talk about it being similar in in canada to, to california you know is there a sweet spot uh, as far as states go as far as in the united states which state is kind of a sweeter deal I and mean, we, we talked about you know you you being a visitor to, to florida you know is there any one state that seems to be a better fit uh, overall well there's there's
1: lots of states that are great right And I think it's figuring out what your strategy is and then matching it up with the state, right? Um, So if you're trying to do like just straight buy and holds, you're probably going to do best off in the interior of the United States, the the middle of the United States, because the purchase prices are lower. You put, when you end up putting some leverage on purchasing these properties, you're really putting down very little amount of money um, and you're still collecting a decent amount of rent. So you're like, you're percentage wise, you're going to do much better but actual amount of money that's actually showing up is going to be less because the rents are less, right? But percentage-wise, for just straight rentals. And then um, I I like the, you know, more borders, you know, the Floridas and stuff for flips. They do really well for flips. And then, you know, like, really the – if you're going to do, like – rent owns or not rent owns well rent owns work everywhere everyone's looking to be a a homeowner so we do those uh but i still mostly do those in the center and it's mostly just because the mortgages are more expensive in florida not the rate just just because it's a higher price point that i'm paying a higher amount um actually for canadians there's even probably for americans there's a lot more mortgage options in florida than other places um but um if you're going to go into the Airbnb field, then, you know, it, it, you can do that anywhere, but you have to have an, honestly, you want a big attraction. You can do this in any little city, Um, but, you know, I've done it in, like, some little towns in Ohio, and it does work. Um, mm-hmm. The problem with mine is I was too close to the university, so I was attracting parties.
0: <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's so- a new website we should start, the Party b b <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, you don't want that. No, you don't want that. Right? <laughs> you don't want that. It's a, you know, it's the every weekend getting the call from the the local police authorities telling you that they need to clean this place out and they need you want they want permission to go in and you're like go go in clean it out. It's four o'clock in the morning. They're disturbing right. all kinds of neighbors. Let's get it done.
0: Right? You're like, I can't believe I'm having this call at four in the morning. First of all, yeah, you know, <laughs> this isn't what I signed up for. So, you know, I know, and we're going to get into your, your your coaching here in a bit, but I wanted to to kind of brush on some topics there, uh, you know, analyzing uh, deals. That's one of your topics. And, you know, how do you analyze deals when looking for a property?
1: Okay, well, there's a lot to that, right? And it also, like the same sort of thing, it's just going to depend where you're at, what city or what what kind of uh, state it is. Um, a lot of times what I'm looking for with my rentals is I want purchase plus reno to be 65% of the ARV. Right. That's my kind of golden formula mm-hmm. um, that I'm like trying to do when I'm working in like the, you know, the Missouri's, the Ohio's, the Indiana's. Um, right. The thing is, if you go into Florida, you go into Arizona, you go into, you know, more expensive states, you just ain't. it just isn't there. Right. <laughs> it's Right. It's going to be very difficult unless you get into very rough neighborhoods. Right. Um and that's one of the reasons because I want those kind of ratios. um and it's because of lending that I'm looking for those kind of numbers. um and because a lot of times uh, foreign national lending, because believe it or not, as an American investing in the us, you're gonna get better interest rates and better leverage than Canadians because honestly, we're more risk, right? right. Um even if we pay, even if we have the credit score, they don't have the same recourse to chase us down. um so, Um, A lot of times and it fluctuates throughout the year what the leverage rates is. Sometimes it's 75 on a cash out refinance. Sometimes it goes down to 65, uh, which is kind of where it is now because lending is not looking great right now. Um, But I want to be able to perfect Meaning Whenever I refinance, I want to strip all of my money back out of the property in order to be able to to be buying it. So that's, that's why I'm looking there. But when I'm looking to buy flips, I'm not looking for that same thing. I'm looking for a set amount of money right I want a, a certain number I'm trying to hit like i want to make you know uh my partner needs to hit a certain percentage to make in a certain amount of time and it depends on how long the Reno is but I want to hit like you know fifty thousand or eighty thousand dollars on the flip right and it has to be worth it with these. Uh, carrying costs. Because if you go into markets uh, that are more expensive, you're going to take out bigger loans on the projects yeah. while you're doing renovations. Uh, and the carrying cost is going to be higher. So it has to make sense, right? Um, the whole thing has to make sense.
0: Right. So you you mentioned partners, but I, it, it kind of triggered something in my mind. Do you look for uh, realtors in specific areas to do the boots on the ground work for you? Uh, are you coming out, looking at the property, surveying the property, doing the legwork? How does that work for you?
1: No, yeah, I use, uh, I use realtors and wholesalers uh, mainly. Awesome. Um, and I think the trick to to talking with, I think this, this might sound really obvious. It's probably come up on your podcast like a dozen times, but when you're talking to realtors or wholesalers or whoever's finding these deals, be very specific about you what you want. Right. I don't, I if someone's, uh, when realtors send me those <laughs> trickle yeah. down lists of, hey, here's uh-huh. every property in this price range. I'm like, unsubscribe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is too much work. It's gonna be like, if you want my business, like send me properties that you think are gonna be fits. I'll run my analysis on those things. And everything, you know, my numbers. I'll, send, I'll tell them all the numbers I'm looking for, the neighborhoods I'm looking for. Right every single hits, I will buy every one of them. Right, it's, it's a game. It's harder to find the properties than to find the money.
0: Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And and, and I would say uh, most novice investors, uh, and it doesn't matter where you're from, uh, most novice investors, that's their big fear, right? And it is, is I don't really have the capital to do this. Uh, yeah. can, can you speak on that a little bit? You know what? Well, actually, let's just go into your coaching. I think that's probably a bigger you know, a bigger area where you you probably cover that a little bit. Um, You know, you do coach individuals who are looking to partner with you and and build teams uh, here in the States. Uh, What does that partner look like? What does that student look like? And, you know, who should they be? Is it everybody? or? Tell me about that.
1: Okay, so those are different things. So, for partners that I'm working with, right, and it depends on what kind of partner they're going to be, because I do take on debt partners, which would be like private lenders that just pay, you pay an interest rate every month to for borrowing the money, as well as I take on uh, equity partners, which would be like a joint venture situation where two mm-hmm. of us will buy the property, one person will be the working partner, where one person will be the money partner. Um I'm usually looking for someone who's a little bit more passive. Um When someone you get someone that's too active and too interested in it, you end up stepping on your toes and talking mm-hmm. over you and talking to the realtor around you. Cause I've worked with both kinds of partners and it's a lot easier to work with someone passive and you just give them their weekly update or bi-weekly update or monthly update on how the renovation or whatever is going, uh, is a lot easier to do. Um, I'm not interested. I don't even care what the tile looks like. I don't care what the right. paint cover is. I don't care any of this stuff. So whenever I get some partners that are used to doing this themselves, they're uh it's a lot, right? Cuz it's going to be a lot of calls and they're going to be picky about a lot of these things and I'm like, "No, I want to buy like I want the contractor to buy tile in bulk and put the same tile in all my houses yeah. and get me a discount on it, right? That's what I'm looking for more than I want each house to look unique. I'm not a HGTV flipper or an right. HGTV um like it's okay for mine to look all the same, right? I'm, right. I'm, not, I'm not as glamorous there. Um for students though, I'm looking for someone the opposite that is very active. Um after um I usually do five on one coaching, right? Because you got know, to scale this. There's too many people that want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um and look. You can usually tell by like week three or four of the program, who is going to be successful. And it's the people who are actually taking the steps. Like the first week we do an intro, the second week we start talking about markets, right? And the, the students that start going, oh, well, maybe I should be doing this market analysis. You showed me how you did a market analysis and how you looked at the sub markets and how you're doing all this. And the ones who start doing it themselves and then the ones that would, you know, the next week after that, we start building teams and ones who start contacting contractors, contacting property managers and going through the questionnaires and filling the stuff out and working their way through it. Those are the ones that are going to be successful. And it's, you know, I... there's no secret formula. It's obvious. The ones that are doing the work are going to be successful. The ones who say, I'm going to finish the whole course, see the whole thing. And then I'm going to try to figure out how to put this all together myself. It's going to be so much harder because it all builds on each other. So it's for coaching active, Right. <laughs> for for investors partners passive,
0: <laughs> sure. I mean, I've I've hired coaches in my life at different stages, of course, and uh, you know, it, it, it's for the betterment of 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 me, right? I mean, it coaches whether you look at them from sports, whether you look at them from business or person, you know, your your person, uh, they're there to solve the problems and the day to day complications that people run into, and I really. Um, and I hate to see someone hire a coach and then do exactly what you said. It's funny you said it that way. You know, well, I'm going to take all this information. I'm going to extrapolate. I'm going to break it down. And I'm going to go, how does this work for me? And how can I make it my own? And the reality is you're giving them the recipe, right? I mean, there's nothing hidden. Right. There's nothing hidden. You're transparent. Here's the keys to the kingdom, you know, uh, run with it. And then they go, oh, wait, I want to manipulate this a little bit and suit it to my needs. And it's like, well, if your needs worked, you'd be telling me what to do. And that and that's, sounds callous, I know, but that's a reality. And, you know, and I don't want to see anybody, uh, you know, fail. But, but think- it is a win-win. Everybody uh, who's a student, there is a win-win
1: opportunity from everybody because the people who are passive people or, you know, passive, we'll say investors who aren't interested in doing all the work. And they once. They see what I actually do when they take the course. And they see how much work there is involved in doing the business that I do. Right. A lot of them go. Some, well, several of them will say, "I'm not interested." But you know what? Those people are. Those could be your partners. Yeah, because they understand everything you do. They understand all the work you're putting in. They respect the work you're putting in because they've seen your whole system. You've shown them the back end. You've shown them how it works. They see that you've been successful. And they could be perfect passive partners to actually work on the projects with you. Yeah,
0: that's great. No, really. So we've talked about the past, kind of how you 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 got here, and then we talked about what you're doing now, and you know, kind of how you uh, vet things and, and research things. So let's talk about the future a little bit. Uh, you know, real blank question here, but how, you know, where do you see your business five years from now versus today? Whether it be your coaching business or your your real estate business, kind of where do you see yourself five years from now? Well, I am starting some new different
1: ventures, but I think what oh. the main thing is, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, the main tell? thing <laughs> okay, well, the, the new ventures is I I have started uh, working on a syndication, right? So okay. we'll be buying the larger apartment buildings and um, I don't know, we're not going to go into that whole thing, but sure, th- th- uh, yeah, that's a whole, other, <laughs> a whole other interview. But yeah, we're looking at buying some bigger things and uh, with being in bigger projects and even my future, um, I think every single month I'm trying to free myself from the business more. Um, it's figuring out what you do, um, writing down what you do, and then figuring out who else could do this. And it sounds really easy. Um, and at the start, it was really painful. Um, and you're still going to have to have checks and balances for everything, which is the big thing. But I, I, what I'm trying to do is, I, I want to be the person, well, to, to actually do all the, the interaction with the people mm-hmm. and slowly farm out as much of the actual work of doing this. Um, you know, for some of it, some of the obvious ones are, you know, instead of doing bookkeeping hire an accountant, which I've right. done. Um, and then there's certain things you're like deal analysis. Could I hire someone to do that? And I just give a thumbs up or down. Could yeah. I hire someone to do a lot of these other parts of the business so that I'm not as active, not having to do that part of it instead doing the part I enjoy.
0: <laughs> right. Right. I mean, uh, you, you, it's got to be that why. Right. I mean, it's got to be that when you wake up in the morning, you go, you know, I look forward to doing that. Oh, my gosh. But I've got four other things that my personality or or whatever dictates that I'd rather not do. And I think once you get to that one thing uh, that really motivates you every day, it's not a job anymore and it's something you can kind of relax. And especially if you can replicate it uh, in, in every part of your life, and every part of your business, it just booms, 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 booms. Uh, yeah, so that's that's good stuff, man. It really is. So give me some predictions, you know, kind of putting you on the spot. I didn't tell you I was going to talk about predictions. Uh, housing market, you know, what do you see? Uh, you know, it's been an interesting time um, just, it, well, for the past few years, especially with COVID and everything else. Uh, but, you know, we, we're seeing a little bit of shift, a little bit of moderation happening. Uh, you know, where do you see things uh, short and long term? So I have, I know anyone
1: who tells you they know what the future is going to be is a liar. Um, <laughs> so whenever that's why COVID, I asked you Glenn that's why I asked when covid started um really? everybody thought it was the end right yeah um, I I knew a lot of people that just stopped projects, didn't close on projects that were going to do it. And I kept going through and it gave a lot of opportunity, especially the very start of COVID because a lot of contractors became available (laughs) that weren't available because people just got scared and done. Um, The same thing is kind of happening now, right? The people are scared and, it, it will cause a slow, the the interest rates are jumping crazily in both countries, sure. um, which is going to scare people as well and make numbers harder to work, right? Um, I told you about my formula to buy. Yeah. When you're working with a formula like that, there's lots of room before you start losing money, mm-hmm. right? You there's you pat it all in. And um, I, you know, there's always going to be ups and downs in the market and there's, there's going to be a dip. But to say this is a recession, in my opinion, I don't see it. Um, the reason is that it's not the same factors that were driving 2008. It is, you know, it's it's a, the biggest part of it is, in my opinion, is these interest rates, and that's right. controllable by the Fed. That's controllable by the government. These are numbers that they can actually change. To if things start to go bad, they don't want to see this happen again. They don't want a 2008. Sure. government has the ability to change it. None of <laughs> us
0: do. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so that's yeah. how I look at it.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you're <laughs> Why, right. And his- yeah, and historically. Uh, actually, uh, even with the rise in interest rates, interest rates are still fantastic. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm dating myself a little bit here, but you know, I remember 17%, believe it or not, you know, I mean, I was around for that in the early eighties, uh, you know, for, so for my son, you know, I have a, a son that's, uh, looking to buy his first home and he's like, gosh, dad, you know, six and a half percent, it was just four and a half percent. I just go, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why don't you just sit there and do nothing? You know, I mean, uh, you know, if you love a home or whether you're an investor or you're a long term buyer, or you're going to live in it, you're going to rent it out. Um, worrying about five and a half percent versus six and a half percent or whatever it may be, you know, for someone. I, I don't think that's justified paranoia at all. Right. Uh, relatively speaking, we're where we're supposed to be. So well, if, I have two tips. I'll give two tips. Yeah, right you
1: so two tips for this. If you think there's a recession coming, first of all, buy these properties right. How you buy these is going to be your thing. Don't be paying retail, retail prices if you're an investor. Buy them right and get your long-term loans in place. Because you know if things go scary, banks close, right? Sure. You can ride it through. You haven't lost anything to your soul. Those are the big things. Mm-hmm. Buy these things at a discount and long-term loans. Don't get these the short loans anymore.
0: <laughs> right. Definitely. Definitely not. You don't know what's going to happen. You turn around one day and your interest rate doubles or something to that effect. You don't want any of that.
1: Yeah. Or, or your loan expires. You did like a three-year loan and then you yeah. there's nothing to renew into. Like right. they the Canadian loans in, you know, U S banks, they close the programs that Canadians can get first, the, the riskier loans. So for uh-huh. me, you, you gotta, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you gotta go long. You, you gotta act quick and, and go long-term lock that in. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So for, for students or anybody who just wants to, you know, you seem pretty free and open about discussing real estate with folks, which I think is great, um, easy to talk to. How do people get in touch with you? And I'll, I'll ask you that, Glenn, and then I'll uh, give everybody kind of the last word, you know, any any thoughts, tidbits and hyperbole, you know, that people want to hear. So how do they get in touch with you and what do you got to say to close this out?
1: Sure. Um, well... If you want to just learn for free, which is where a lot of people want to go, is I do a podcast every week, Canadian Investing in the US. Uh, it's on all the platforms, including YouTube, but it's really a podcast. So it's more it's better as audio, in my opinion. Um, most people listen to it as audio. Right. Um, but that um glensutherland.com, one one in Glenn. And if you're like, I can't find this website, I don't know how to spell that. I also own the domain of Canadian investing in the US, a Canadian investing in the USA, it all links to the same GlenSutherland.com. Um, so one of those things you should probably be able to find me and it from there, it links out to the coaching. It links out
0: to the podcast, the YouTube channel, the, all the jazz. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Glenn, it's been, been a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, Really enjoyed hearing about how how you operate and operate here in the U S and some pretty sage advice. I would say, look forward to talking to you again, glennsutherland.com, a Canadian investing in the USA. Thanks for being on the show, Glenn. Thanks, Tim. Talk to you.